Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everyone that's viewing from around the world. And welcome back to Conversations That Matter with Sonia Robinson, where we educate, inform, and uplift people. You know, I try to give you a different perspective of looking at things, trying to broaden your mindset. We want to encourage people and inform people. So think about it like this, as I've always said, each week, I try to bring you something totally different. Whereas last week, we had a Girl Scout. This week, we have a reformer convicted drug dealer. So again, I try and search high and low to bring you the best people to speak on those different topics as possible. So before we get started, if you could do three things for me, and you know what they are. The first one, if you could put in the feed where you're watching from, this will let us know how broad an area that we're reaching. Two, if you could put your questions in the feed, we'll answer those by the end of the show. And lastly, what I'm gonna ask you to do is share the feed. This show may not be for you today, but believe me, it's for someone. Someone that may not be able to watch, but they'll be able to catch it on the replay. So share the feed. And as we get started today, what I wanna add to the show is today in America, when you commit a crime, no matter how small, the punishment is equivalent, equivalent, equivalent to a life sentence. I am a firm believer in a fair system that correct those who have committed a crime. There are circumstances that warrant individuals to be removed from society. These individuals have made the decision to be repeat offenders. And after serving time in prison, they face an environment that is challenging and actively discouraging them from becoming a productive member of society. Now, I wanted to know what those numbers were. So I did a little bit of research, but for the, the 2019 Bureau of Justice Stats, this is what I found. Within three years of release, 68% of ex-offenders are rearrested for a new crime. And 79% are rearrested after six years following release. Now, if we expect our citizens to change, we need to encourage them and speak life to them. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it shall eat its fruit. Words matter. We need to start lifting our citizens up instead of tearing them down. And then finally, we are people who make mistakes. When a person completes their sentence and pays their debt to society, they need to be restored completely. Now, before I bring out our guest speaker today, I wanted to share this with you. Now, you may not understand it right now, but I'm telling you, by the time he's done, you're going to understand what it is that I'm sharing with you. A mortgage is a debt, but once the debt is paid, you receive a deed. You do not become an ex-mortgager. You become a homeowner. As humans, it's hard for us to unhear things. As good as we try to be, we should still judge. And it's not right that we judge individuals by their past. So again, you'll understand what I'm saying by the time we're finished with our special guest. And before I bring out Johnny Vega, Dr. Johnny Vega, I'd like to um, tell you a little bit about the man himself. He's from the Bronx of New York City and to the streets of Pennsylvania. He's a former convicted drug dealer spending nine years in the federal prison or the penitentiary or the pen as they call it. He reentered society with a plan to make sure today's generation did not make the same choices he made as a youth. 
12 years later, he has ran several programs geared towards motivating and uplifting the boys. He's a boys program director at Teen Heaven. He's a director of the BART program, which is becoming a responsible teen. Now a national motivational speaker and a master mentor. He's the host of the Antidote podcast where he brings inspiration, healing, and hope through the TCP network. Dr. Vegas, life revolves around making sure his generation makes the right choice. So I'm going to bring out and introducing the new Dr. Vega. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm blessed, blessed and highly favored. Thank you for having me on the show. It's always a pleasure uh, speaking with you and um, I'm excited. I'm definitely excited to have a beautiful conversation with you. Good, good. Now I want the audience to know I refer to him as bruh. So if I say bruh, <laughs> just understand we're All talking right. to the same person. Right, right, right. But, so, but what, so. I just have so many things that I want to know about what you're doing in your current life. What made you right. how, you know, what made you just transform from where you were to to where you are today, where you were headed down the path you were headed to where you got and how you got to where you are today. So we're just right. going to be open and transparent and share some things with the audience today. Okay. And um, so just just take your time, just share with us, feed us, just let us know because what we're about today mm -hmm. is we want people to know, you know, mm -hmm. everybody makes mistakes. Right. And along with those mistakes, you know, you can plot a path that will correct and overcome anything that's in your path. And your right. path basically is to help someone else. So right. one of the things that Dr. West always says is that um, your past could be somebody else's medicine along those lines. Mm -hmm. Your illness could be somebody else's fixes is what I'm going to say. So right. I just want you to be open and share, you know, that, yeah, you had issues just like I know I had issues and I shared right. my issues with someone else in order to help them with their healing process. Correct. So that's what that's about today. Correct. Well, it says in the word of God that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So I, I took that to heart and used my, uh, what used to be a mess and turned it into a message. Uh, like you said, I grew up in a small town called Lancaster, Pennsylvania, originally from the Bronx, New York. Um, I, I was a pretty good kid growing up, played a lot of sports, was very active in, in school. Um, basically, uh, I was from the time I was in fourth grade to about uh, 10th grade, I went to all these summer programs, college prep courses. So I was being molded to be successful. But like you said, God doesn't make robots. We, we all have choices to make in life. We all come to crossroads in our lives where we can either go left or go right. And, and, and when I got to that crossroad around 14 years old, instead of staying on that path of success, uh, I was always attracted to the street life. Um, my role models, my mentors growing up were, were my uncles. Uh, my, my mom has seven brothers and each one of them in some way, shape or form were street guys, either drug dealers, addicts. I had one uh, uncle that was a pimp. So these were my role models. So as I got older, these are the guys that I looked up to. Uh, I wanted to conform to the image that they were portraying to me. So I started um, smoking weed around 14. Uh, by the time I was 15 uh, to support my habit, and I tell kids all the time, drugs don't have any picks. If you start using drugs, 
and you consistently use drugs, you're going to become an addict. There's no way around it. And I became addicted to smoking marijuana. And to support that habit, I started selling marijuana. And now to this day, I've always been the type in everything I do, I give 120%. So I started off with like nickels and dimes and then moved my way up to ounces. And by the time I was 18, uh, they used to call me the one-stop shop. I was selling heroin, cocaine, pills, even um, I was even selling guns at one point. Oh, and um, I thought I was Scarface or something. But <laughs> <laughs> So uh, here I am, 18 years old. I even got a, a full scholarship to college. I literally led a double life. I was I was I would even go to church every Sunday to, to appease my mother because uh, my mother is minister Ada Del Val. And uh, I, I love you, mom. I appreciate all the prayers uh, you, you did for me. And she would say, son, come to church because you're not living right. So I would come to church and um, I would cry all the time in church, mm. whether it was whether it was the word, whether it was, you know, praise and worship. I would catch myself bawling in church. And um, it got to the point where it was a little embarrassing sometimes because here I am a grown man. Well, not a grown man, but a young man and just breaking down in church. And my mother would always tell me that's the that's the Holy Spirit convicting you That's because, right. you're, because you're not living right of course i ignored her because i was hard-headed and 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 I, I would leave church and hit the block uh so by the time i was 20 uh i was in my sophomore year of college and my and the university that i chose to go to was literally 10 minutes away from lancaster where i grew up mm -hmm. so now i'm going to college and still selling drugs in my city. And actually through college and visiting other schools, I started selling I started selling drugs at other colleges. So by the time I was 20, I got a, a business opportunity to open up a, a nightclub. So uh, I opened up the nightclub, it was called the Oz. Uh, a couple months after that, I opened up another club. So at the age of 20, I had own I owned two clubs and I was making probably fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a week uh illegally. So one day I'm in the club and uh it's about three in the morning, feeling like I was on top of the world when really I was miserable. Mm -hmm. I felt empty inside. I was I was I was going through anxiety because I always thought I was gonna get robbed or get arrested. So um I would drown, I I would self-medicate. And, and just, you know, smoke weed and drink and kind of numb myself because I knew I wasn't living right. So one day as I sat in the club, federal agents uh, kicked down the doors and started coming through the windows. And it was like a movie. And I, I, all I heard was, where's Johnny Vega? Where's Johnny Vega? And as they approached me, uh, my security literally picked me up. They, the, the federal agents came in through the front I went through the back. They 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 threw me in the back of a car and took off. And then uh, that's when my life on the run began from from uh, the feds. I was on, I was on the run for six months. I actually got away from them one more time after that. But then uh, subsequently, uh, January fourth, uh, two thousand, I was uh, stopped and pulled over by federal agents. I tried to run. It was a high speed chase through town. 
uh, about 10 cop cars converged on me. Oh and after that day, I didn't see the streets for nine years. Mm. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. They charged me with uh, conspiracy to distribute 10,000 ecstasy pills. I was facing 25 years in jail. If I went to trial, I decided to uh, cop out. To a, I pleaded out to 120 months. I had just uh, turned 21 when I got sentenced and I came home when I was 30. So uh, I was in I was in four different jails, no, nine different jails, four different states. And uh, I, I, I'll back up a little bit. The day that I got a letter from uh, the federal government, I opened it up. It said United States government versus Johnny Vega. Uh, I immediately called my lawyer. My lawyer said he got the same letter. He came to see me. He said, look, you got three choices, uh, Mr. Vega. I can have you out by tomorrow. I said, wow, you can get me out by tomorrow. What do I got to do? He said, you got to give everybody up. And oh I said, oh. I said, I can't do that because like I, like I told you before, my uncles, my family, mm -hmm. they, were, they were pretty much supplying all the drugs for me. So I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to tell on my, my family and, um, it just wasn't an option for me. So I told him that, and I can remember like it was yesterday. He, he said, he said, all right, tough guy. And I was like, it's not about being tough. I just, I just can't do it. So he said, look, your other option is we can go to trial, but the federal government has a 97.5 conviction rate. I said, well, so what's that mean? He said, you're going to get 25 years in jail. And if we, if you, if you uh, blow trial and we go to appeal it, it's going to take six or seven years to, to go through the appeal process. So here's your last option, 120 months. So I said, wow. So he said, uh, I'll give you a couple of days to think about it. I said, okay. So I walked back to my cell. Um, as soon as that cell door closed, what do you think I did, Sonia? Sis? <laughs> I, I, I was going to say you called your lawyer back and said, I, I think this is what I want to do. Well, that, I did that the next day. Before that, I you start playing. No, before that, I cried. Like cried. I, I haven't cried like that. The only time I can remember crying that intensely was uh -huh. the day my daughter was born and you just met her. So I, I cried like a deep cry, like boogers coming out my nose and like <laughs> you ever cry so bad you can't even talk? Like Yes, yes, yes. It was that so, type of cry. So did you have a conversation with your uncles or your mom? After I, the lawyer gave you what the choices were, the alternatives? I did. I did. And and, and I, t I spoke to my mom first. And of course, my mom is like my guardian angel. She's She's been there since the beginning, loved me unconditionally. And, and she told me, she said, look, uh, you backed yourself into a corner. Mm -hmm. um, you've gotten away with a lot of things in your life, but you didn't get away with this. So as a man... You have to uh, suffer the consequences for your choices. And, and I agreed with her, you know, crying, of course, on the phone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, so mom, get me out. But she couldn't, she couldn't, she couldn't. <laughs> mom couldn't, mom couldn't save me this time. Right. And, 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 and I agreed with her and she said, look, just take the sentence, the 120 months. I got your back. Your family got your back. But most of all, pray about it. And, 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 and reconnect with God. Use this time to reconnect with God. Build yourself up spiritually, mentally, physically, and use this time uh, wisely. 
and I was, you know, yeah, I sucked it up and I said, you're right, mom. And um, that day that I, I received the message from my lawyer before that, um, I cried in my cell and then I kind of pulled myself together and, and I got on my knees. I got on my knees in the middle of that cell and I asked God to forgive me. I asked God to forgive me. I asked God to forgive me for the, the drugs I sold. I asked God to forgive me for hurting my family and letting them down. Um, and then I made a deal with God. I know you're not supposed to make deals with God, <laughs> but I said, Lord, <laughs> Lord, if you get me through these next nine years, I will serve you for the rest of my life. Mm. And, 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 in the, and, and in the word of God, it says to give yourself as a living sacrifice to God. Yes. And that's what I did. I gave myself as a living sacrifice to God. I said, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Get me through this. And, I, and I'm yours. I will, from this day on, not even when I get out, from this mm -hmm. day on, I will serve you for the rest of my life. And then because I was, I was already in county prison for about 11 months. So I was going to Bible study. I was, you know, uh, ministering to uh, other inmates. And then it dawned on me. I said, wow, this is what life is all about you know, telling people about God, preaching the word of God, you know, uh, uh, testifying, getting people to testify. And, and I said, God, when I get out of here, I'm going to make sure these young people don't make the same mistakes that I made. Mm -hmm. And I, and, and, and praise God, I got through the, the nine years. And then upon release, I hit the ground running. I hit the ground running. I immediately went back to church, got involved with youth, youth ministry, Mm -hmm. help my help my church build up the youth youth ministry and then i got an opportunity a uh, big shout out to jose pastor jose jimenez um my first job uh sis was at K kentucky fried chicken kentucky fried chicken <laughs> i went from making 15 dollars a week um, to making four hundred dollars every two weeks i used to look at them <laughs> I, I used to look at those checks like oh my goodness but i remained humbled I remained humble yeah. and, and it was just a joy for me to be free. So I appreciated the job. And then, uh, praise God, uh, Pastor Jose Jimenez, there was a job opening at a place called Teen Haven. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, very similar like to the boys club, but it was uh, faith based. So um, it, was, it was a job opening for boys program director. So uh, I saw the position that was open. There was probably like four or five other individuals that applied. And uh, Pastor Jose Jimenez gave me an opportunity to uh, work full time in ministry and mentor young men. Nice. And that's when, and after that, it was, that was over. Start. <laughs> that was I just, I just needed one shot. <laughs> Which is, I'll make the best of this one shot. And, and, and that was one of the things that God spoke into your life when you were in, in, in the, in, in the um, penitentiary or in the prison. Right. But so you said you had gone through several different you know, moves while you were there. Why did they well, keep? Well, well, the way the feds work, it's a point system. So the, they started me off in a in a medium uh, uh, jail, a medium, okay. um, what's the word I'm looking for? Medium, uh, it, it goes high, medium, low camp. Okay. So, uh, so I started in a medium in, in uh, Fort Dix in New Jersey. I spent two years there. My points dropped. So when your points drop, they, they, they send you to another facility. So um, from there, I went to a low. From there, I went to a camp. But the way the feds work is if they see you too comfortable, 
or if they see you, um, if they think you're making moves in the jail or just if they see you getting too comfortable, a lot of times they'll say they'll, they'll wake you up in the middle of the night, like Vega, wake up, pack your stuff. I'm like, where am I going? You'll find out when you get there. So um, I was in Oklahoma for a couple of years. I was in Atlanta for a couple of years, uh, then Jersey, then New York. And then uh, finally, when I got my points down low enough, they moved me to a camp and I was in a camp for my last uh, three and a half years. So they basically move you around as your points drop. Okay. So they got you on, what was the crime they got you on? So it was conspiracy to distribute 10,000 ecstasy pills. So the difference between, and there's a couple differences, but the main difference between federal uh, prison and state prison is federal prison has something called conspiracy. Conspiracy is, and I hate to say it, but, uh, and I don't want to go into too many details, but basically several people said stuff about me. Okay. So I didn't get caught. What when I, The day I got arrested, I had a little over $5,000 in my pocket and I had $42,000 in my apartment. There was uh, 230 pills in my apartment. I got arrested. And now, mind you, they charged me with conspiracy to distribute 10,000 ecstasy pills. So while I was on the run for six months, <clears throat> people found out I was on the run and they would use me as a scapegoat every time they when they would get caught. So they got caught. Oh, man, Johnny's on the run. Oh, where are you getting your drugs from? Oh, I'm getting my drugs from Mr. Vega because, you know, they're pointing the finger at me. So let's say let's say John Doe gets caught. He said the, the uh, they question him. He says, I'm getting how many pills a week are you getting off of uh, Johnny? Oh, I'm getting 100 pills a week off of him. This for how long? Three months. So they calculate that. Okay. And and that's how they charge you. So basically, uh, it's it's horrible. It's it's and you talked about it earlier about sentencing and and things like that. Like I said, I didn't get caught with 10,000 ecstasy pills, but they charged me with 10,000 10, ecstasy pills. The only thing that saved me was the fact that at that time there were no uh, guidelines yet for ecstasy. You know how they have mm -hmm. guidelines for cocaine. They have guidelines for heroin. They didn't have any guidelines yet for ecstasy. So they actually uh, used, they converted the amount of ecstasy that they charged me with and used the uh, marijuana guidelines. And okay. they sentenced me that way. If I would have got caught a year later, I probably would have got over 20 years in jail. No, no trial, anything, just over 20 years. So, yeah. yeah because if they gave you all that just for selling drugs, and I'm not saying that that's a good thing, it's right. like, what would they have given you if you robbed a bank or killed somebody? Exactly. Well, sometimes people get less time for that. It just it just all depends. You know, the systems is not built to uh, help people of color. I mean, it's just a proven fact, you know, systematic racism, systematic. It's just um, the system's not built for us. So I, 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 I but at the same time, I can't really dwell on that too much or get mad because I was selling drugs. Right. I was, I was making bad choices. I was guilty, so um, had no business selling drugs. So, right. I mean, it you was had a shame an opportunity. That you had an opportunity to turn your life around when you were sitting up in church. Exactly. And the Holy Ghost was working with you, beating me up. That's like Mike, right. Like Mike Tyson. I was like, I, and I just, um, I didn't listen. I didn't listen. So I can't. I mean, the system is messed up. We all know that. Yeah. But at the same time, we 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 have to take. Uh, 
we have to take the uh, responsibility for our choices and, and, and suffer the consequences for our choices. And, and that's what happened to me. And in hindsight, the lifestyle, I mean, I had gotten shot right before I got locked up. You, you know, it. I was, I was constantly getting into fights. I was, um, you know, taking pills. I could have took a pill and had a heart attack or, or, you know, a stroke or something. So in a way I, 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 I thank God that jail was the destiny yeah. that I went through because yeah. I, it could, I could be six feet in the grave right now and just a memory. But here I am today, Dr. Vega. And, and this, my story, when I talk to the kids, it plays out like a movie. So when, when I'm talking to them, they're like, so, and, and, and that's how I get them. I get their attention. I earn their respect. I earn their love. And then that's it. I got them right here. Mm -hmm. So it's basically, what am I going to do? What am I, am I going to guide them in the right direction or am I, or, or, or am I going to not guide them in the right direction? And of course I guide them in the right direction, but, um, yeah, everything happens for a reason. And yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. Now you said you were shot also. Yeah, I was actually, uh, and it's nothing. Uh, I want to. I would like to say it was like a gunfight or something major, uh -huh. but I've always been a nice guy. And I was breaking up a fight between my friend and somebody else. And as I'm, as I was breaking up, come on, guys, chill out. It's not worth it. Blah blah blah. Somebody came up from behind me, and and shot me in my stomach. And um, they thought they thought we were jumping them, but I was actually just trying to be the peacemaker and, and breaking it up. And and yeah, my daughter says I have two belly buttons, so um, I actually and it's, it's not it's funny now, but I remember seeing in a movie somebody got shot, and 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 I remember the person that got shot said, "If I overreact and get too too uh, hype or too um, excited." your heart rate goes up and you bleed out. Uh huh. So I got shot. I was like, ah, and I looked down and I said, I'm shot. Everybody looked at me and I said, and I, in my head, I said, Johnny, stay calm. I remembered the movie. Uh -huh. I, said, stay, I said, stay calm. Cause if you get too excited, you're going to bleed out. So they said, hold on. We're going to call the ambulance. Look at my little baby. Uh, we're going to call the ambulance, sit down. I was about two blocks away from the hospital. I said, man, I'm not waiting for nobody. I jumped in my car, holding my side, mm -hmm. and I ran I ran red lights, and I, I took myself to the hospital, walked into the emergency room, and as soon as I walked in, I said, I've been shot. And she said, what? And I and I used other choice words, but I said, I'm shot. Like, mm -hmm. And they, they, they took me into the emergency room, and it was a small caliber bullet, a 22 caliber bullet, so they couldn't remove it. So I actually had to, um, for choice of better words, I had to pass it. <laughs> so they gave me medication and it helped me pass it and I passed it and they sewed me up. And now I have a, a, a pretty, pretty uh, interesting scar on the side of my stomach. Okay, got a tattoo. Okay. So when <laughs> well, I listen to you say, you know, just talk about all that. It's mm -hmm. like, I know God had a purpose for your life because exactly. you have gone through a lot that would have taken a lot of people from, just taken a lot of people from here. Right. So, right. I mean, he really had something, he had some work for you to do. And, and, and as I was, you know, like I said, going through your bio and everything, and I listened to your show, I'm right. like, I, I understand what your purpose is, bro. I understand you. your purpose. 
Thank you. Thank so you. I, my, my first question, mm -hmm. so many of our youth are faced with the daily pressures of drugs and gang violence in their community. Right. How did you get involved in dealing drugs? You shared that. So all my questions you just about talked about. I mean, it was, it, it, it was part of the atmosphere I grew up in. Uh-huh. And, 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 and my grandmother has a saying, and she was another one, praise her beautiful heart, she's still alive, but she used to tell me, and it was in Spanish, but it, it sounds better in Spanish, but in English, it's show me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. Yes, yes. So Do you now still have those same friends today? No. <laughs> <laughs> I hang out with Dr. Rivers now. I'm cool. <laughs> no, but I, I surround myself with great people like yourself, Dr. Rivers. You know, uh, you know, Dr. West and I aren't friends, but I know I can call him and talk to him if I need advice mm -hmm. or, 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 or point it in the right direction. Like I've surrounded myself with greatness and, and a positive motivational people that have the same or similar visions that I have. Yeah. And, and in life, you have to do that. I mean, we're, we're in the business of helping people, but right. at the same time, I believe in energy. So if, if your negative energy is affecting my energy, then I'll have to love you from a distance yeah. or help you yeah. from a distance because I can't allow that to, to affect my personal life. My beautiful daughter, you know, <clears throat> I have things to lose now. And 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 I, I tell that to the kids. I said, look around you. You know, I don't care if you're getting good grades, if you're the man in sports, but <clears throat> if your circle is not is not right, then eventually it's gonna rub off on you and and you're gonna go down that road with them. It's hard to avoid it, especially as a youth, because they're so they're so easily um manipulated and yeah. and, and 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 brainwashed. So as adults, it's a little easier to pick up on that stuff, but that's what we're here for. That's what I'm here for as a mentor, as a master mentor, is to make sure that early in life, they know the truth about life. Oh, that's good. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, just one question. I know before you said your uncles, you know, that's where you were getting your, your drugs from, your stuff from. Yeah, my stuff. What is from. your relationship with them today? Well, um, one of them, it's it's this is it's the reason why I say everything happens for a reason. I got locked up young. I had two uncles. Both of them were supplying me while I was incarcerated, and they told me, "Look, because I spoke to them on the phone, like they they want they want you guys. You know what I mean? In other words, <laughs> they're like, look, just do your time. I got you. When you come home, I got you. Like, I'll take care of you. You know, if you need anything, let me know. And I wasn't gonna tell them on it anyway, but at the same time, I was like cool, thanks. My uncles are looking out for me if I need commissary or, you know, whatever. So as I'm locked up, I'm doing these years, uh, I think like two years into my sentence, my one uncle got 22 to 40 years. Oh, God. And then uh, my after that, my other uncle got caught and he got uh, 30 years in federal prison. So I'm sitting in the cell like, whoo, even though I got nine, I probably would have got a lot more if I wouldn't have got caught when I got caught. So it's, 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 you got to look at the silver lining and everything. Uh, I'm uh, to this day, uh, I'm a, I'm a cup half full guy, not a cup half empty. So right, I, right. I, I looked at it like, man, I, I kind of dodged a bullet. You did. You know, you did. God, took, God took me out of that situation saying, I got better plans for you. 
and made me see from the inside out what could have happened to me. So I was very thankful. And at that point, I was, I mean, I'm, I'm on fire for God, but I was on fire for God. And, you know, four mm-hmm. years into my sentence, I, you couldn't tell me nothing. So I, I thanked God. I th- as I prayed, I said, man, thank you, Lord, for taking me out of that situation because it could have been a lot worse. Right, right. Mm-hmm. He, he should have, and he took care of you. Exactly. He took care of you. I mean, he left you there long enough. You know, you can't just walk around and do anything, everything. No, you can't. No, no, he said you're there long enough for you to learn, for you to see, for you to be able to come out of there and share your experiences. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. When did your mindset change concerning your lifestyle and your future? What would you say was your aha moment? That day, that day in that cell when I was crying and praying. I had what I call a uh, uh, Paul moment. You know, when Paul was Paul was Saul and he's walking down the road to Damascus and, and Jesus stopped him in his tracks and said, why do you persecute me? Yes. I, I had that moment. I had that moment. God stopped me in my tracks and said, Johnny, why are you selling this poison to, to your own people? Why are you leading a life that you know is 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 wrong and not right? And I stopped and I said, you know what, God? You are absolutely right. And my nickname used to be Johnny Cash. So I went from, (laughs) yeah, I was was a little corny. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) I went from from Johnny Cash to Johnny Vega. And um, that that was my aha moment where the turning point changed for me. And my mindset, I began to, it says to renew your mind. I began to renew my mind by reading the word of God. And he started revealing to me his plans for me, even though yeah. I was behind the, behind the cell. And then, and then I read the, I, I read the story about John and Silas, how they praised and worshiped God while they were locked up and the jail shook. Now that was the same night for them. It took nine years for the doors to open for me, but for nine years, I praised God and, 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 and renewed my mind. And, and, and the word of God, it also says to count it all joy. Yes. Yes. While I was incarcerated, I became free, if that makes sense. Um, so, and 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 even when on my return home and and in talking to people, and and, and mentoring and everything, there's people that, uh oh, that's my cat. Get over here. <laughs> Say hi to Marble. Hi, Marble. <laughs> so, um, like I was saying, Paul, uh, um count things all joy. I learned that in jail. And and I tell people that have never been physically in jail, but are locked up mentally, spiritually, in their minds, they're locked up. So you don't have to go to jail physically to be incarcerated. And that's why I do what I do to to help people free themselves spiritually and mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. So that's that's my goal. Mm. That's my goal. Okay. In your opinion, yes. what can we do as a society to prevent young people from falling prey to a life of drugs? Well, first, this generation is different from our generation. They they view things differently. They they uh, they approach things differently. They're a media instant gratification generation, and you have to realize that when you're talking to them. And a lot of these young people have gone through trauma. A lot of these young people have PTSD, 
a lot of these, and you have to realize this when you're approaching them. So the first thing I do is earn their trust. Mm. Because if you don't earn their trust, it's going to go in one ear and go out the other. Why? Because like I said, they've gone through trauma before. They've gone through situations where the people that are supposed to love them and care about them don't. So who are you to tell me what to do when my own mom or my own father doesn't care about me? So you have to prove without a shadow of a doubt that you're sincere and passionate and, and genuine about the advice that you're giving them and about the fact that you care about their life. So once you do that, and that, that takes time, earn their respect, earn their trust, then that's when you start speaking life into them because they're so used to uh, people speaking death to them, speaking down to them. Uh, you got to meet them where they're at. And and like like the word of God says, there's, there's a power of life and death in the tongue and you have to start speaking life into them and walk walk with them through life and understand <clears throat> that they're still going to make bad choices. Mm -hmm. They're still going to you know make mistakes. We all do. We all fall short. So it's not our, our job to judge them, but to continue to love on them and, and guide them in the right direction. And once, like I said before, once you earn their trust and their respect, then that's when you impart the, the wisdom and knowledge you want them to, to understand. Okay. So mm -hmm. we hit on the second part, but maybe there's, <clears throat> what is the single most contributing factor that causes our youth to choose a life on the wrong path? There's several different things. One of them is music. You know, I'm, I'm very particular. Uh, they say that, you know, the eyes, the ears, you got to watch what you're taking in. Yes. And, and, and a lot of times we got to, and, and they hate to hear it, but sometimes I'll break down a song for them that they love and 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 pick it oh, up right and look listen to this like mm -hmm. and then and then on top of that we i do research on some of these artists and 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 and, and perfect example there's an artist called future big artist sells millions of records his big thing is promoting uh lean and popping pills this man doesn't do any drugs doesn't do any drugs said it on you know said it in interviews i've never done drugs i don't drink so why are you portraying this image to these kids this this fantasy about popping pills and drinking lean and alcohol when you yourself don't partake in any of that it's all fantasy and i point this out to the kids like these artists are painting a picture just to sell records they don't really live this lifestyle so and and, and 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 in turn you shouldn't be living this lifestyle so i, I point out music you know movies things they watch mm -hmm. and 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 make them see that it's all a fantasy i mean i i i fell i fell under the same uh you know brainwashing when i was a kid i mean it was different music different artists but i could remember listening to certain songs that made me want to sell drugs or made me want to be a, a womanizer or you know, and yeah. um, music is a big, big influence on our, on this generation. So I definitely use music as a tool. And then I show them positive music. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I have artists that I work with that put out good music. And um, yeah, so music is one of the things. And then just that atmosphere they're in, I try to take them away from that mm -hmm. and, and show them something different. Like a few years ago, we took, uh, I think it was like eight, eight kids from Lancaster to Wyoming. Mm -hmm. we, we took a cross-country trip to Wyoming. We literally drove 33 hours, 
and, and we showed these kids a different lifestyle, different people. Because some people, I hate to say it, whatever they, whatever city they grew up in, they never leave that city. They never leave the, the neighborhood they grow up in. So they're not exposed to anything else other than what they're used to. Right. They're not exposed to how other people live. Right. Going on outside of their community. So right. you are actually taking the kids and venturing them out side of their realm so they can see other things that are happening and what they could be and what how right. they could live and how they can improve their life. And, right. and that's great. So like what are their responses after you do that once they get out and see other towns or states or other environments, other people? Oh, it's it's eye opening for them. They they see that there's more to life than a, a, a ten block radius. Mm -hmm. So you know, and then they meet people that, like, um, for instance, when we went to Wyoming, these these are kids are these kids are from quote unquote the hood, and they're meeting these guys that are literally cowboys, like cowboys, like uh -huh. big cowboy boots, cowboy hat, big buckles. Like they taught us how to like wrestle steer, and <laughs> you know, <laughs> but they were genuinely good people. Mm -hmm. So for the kids to see these people that are from a totally different culture, but they're good, kind, genuine, nice people. They're like, wait a minute. Like there's, there's people out there that are different from me, but have good hearts and, 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 and are genuine about what they do and what they say. And it gives them hope um, that there's some people out there that, 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 outside of their own community that they can communicate with and be comfortable around. And that gives yeah. them the courage to venture out and, and see different things and, and see different parts of the nation and world, hopefully. And with that, it, it expands the way they think, it, it expands the way they, they live, and it gives them a broader spectrum of what they're used to and what they're growing up in. That's great. I mean, that that is really good because you're introducing them into a different culture, a different mm -hmm. environment. Right. And, and it's telling them, I don't have to live, you know, in the environment that I'm in or the way that I'm currently living. There right. is life outside of here. Right. So, uh, yeah, I applaud you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. So you're, share your thoughts on these concepts and the role they play in changing one's life. Okay. Acceptance. I am good enough. Hmm. See, uh, a lot of these kids a lot of the youth, even some adults, don't value their own lives. They don't value their own lives. They don't see the value in their life. So they live on the edge and take risks that are, could jeopardize their life, could jeopardize their freedom because they see themselves as having no value. So what I try to instill in these young people is the fact that they are worth their freedom. They are worth you know, uh, expanding out of their environment and neighborhoods. Um, that there are no limits. A lot of times growing up, you're told that you're never going to amount to anything. You're dumb, you're stupid, you're, you know, you're ugly or whatever these words. And, and one of the biggest <clears throat> myths or, or, or lies that I've, I've been told, and, and you could probably uh, agree with me, it's an old saying. And, and that saying is sticks and stones <laughs> break, break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That yeah. is a lie from the pit of hell. Like <laughs> words hurt words hurt. I can remember things when I was five or six years old that my father said to me to this day, and, I, and, I, and I'm a little older now, but um, 
<laughs> I can remember it clearly. And that's how much of an impact words are, especially from people that are supposed to love you, care about you, and, and be protecting you and guiding you. So, yes, um, it's imperative to, to, to just speak life into these kids, like I said before, and just keep on um, pouring into them and, and hope and with the hope that they turn around and see the value in themselves and see that there are no limits. You can truly be whatever you want to be if you work hard enough at it and focus on it. And, and a lot of these kids are putting limits on themselves. So it's my job to let them know that they have no limits and that they can be anything and whoever they want to be in life. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So the next thought, humility. Humble yourself to better yourself. Yeah, they said pride comes before the downfall. So a lot of times, pride is all pride is all these kids have sometimes, because they've they've taken everything's been taken away from them. So all they have is their pride. So a lot of times, pride can get in the way of of them taking in what you're trying to learn, what you're trying to teach them, what you're trying mm -hmm. to impart on them, because they think they know everything. Yeah. Even though, and 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 I tell them. I've been there, done that. Trust me. I've been there and done that a couple of times. Like if you keep on making these choices, if you keep on heading down this road, this is what's going to happen to you. You're going to go to jail or you're going to get die or you're going to catch an illness. Like this is you're, you're playing Russian roulette and you need to you need to fall back and realize that what I'm telling you is the truth. And, and because they respect me. And because they know I truly care about them, I, 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 they they think about it. And that's what you want them to do. You want them to think. A lot of these young people don't think before they react. They don't think before they, you know, make a, a, a decision. And, and, and that's one of the biggest things I teach the youth is to step back and really uh, uh, think about and, and, and observe your situation. And, and before you make a choice, think about things and try not to uh, uh, make a decision uh, while you're emotional or, or make it or, 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 or make a, a choice while you're emotional. Because a lot of times when we make choices while, while we're emotional, uh, we make the wrong choice. So I, I really impart that as well to try not to make choices while we're emotional. So I like that. I like that. I'm not making choices while you're emotional because we do. And mm -hmm. it's like we seem to rush into it versus right. you no. Know, we just need to go somewhere, sit down, and, and relax, and, and let it, you know, get a get a little woosah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, sometimes, I mean, I've done that in the past. It's like, why did I do that? Exactly. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I like that. Okay, and then the last one is identity. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Or who am I? as this far as what part of the concept? So share your thoughts on these concepts mm -hmm. and the role uh, the role they play in changing one's life. Okay, who am I? I tell you who I'm not. I'm not. I don't want these kids to feel like they are part, a product of their environment. Yes. Uh, who I, who they're not is um, things happen in life. Things happen in life that we have absolutely no control over. Oh, yes. So I teach these kids and even adults. I tell you, look, at some point you got to let go. At some point you got to say, yeah, you know, this happened to me. You know, I was hurt by so-and-so. And, and some of the things are extremely traumatizing, extremely uh, just evil things happen to people. But at some point, I mean, I'll be transparent with you. I was sexually abused when I was a child. So 
that really weighed on me for a long time. But at some point I had to come up, I had to come to a point in my life where I said, yeah, this, this happened to me, but I got to be the best person I can be not only for myself, but for my, my daughter, you know, I got to be a role model and an example for these kids. So I said, you know, I have to let it go. I have to forgive the person that did it to me. I have to move on with my life. And even though, you know, uh, the trauma never goes away, uh, but they say, and, and I've talked to uh, professionals about this, the trauma never goes away. It's controlling the triggers that remind you about the trauma. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Because I was going to ask you, since this was a new one that you threw in here. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. Did you actually, you know, get help or talk to somebody about all these things going on in your life? Because mm -hmm. if you just, you know, leave it bottled up. Right. And never, you know, get an opportunity to talk about it. or Right. It's, you well, know. Well, with me and, 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 and I, you know, I, I'm an open book. I was so young that. I know it happened, mm -hmm. but I can't remember. I can't remember exactly who did it, if that makes sense. So I so Is it because I, you blocked I, it out. Either I blocked it out or I was so young. So I know I was pretty young because I moved to Lancaster, Pennsylvania when I was five going on six. Mm -hmm. It happened when I lived in New York. So and I even talked to my mom about it because I remember abruptly and like we packed up and we're moving to Pennsylvania. So I even talked to my mom about it and she said, and, and, it, and, it, and a lot of times we keep things inside, not realizing that it, it's a generational thing. Mm -hmm. Like I talked to my mom about it. She immediately broke down and she was like, I was sexually abused too by an individual that was living with all of us at that time. Mm -hmm. So when I told her, she would just, she just broke down. She was like, oh man, my baby, you know, was fell victim to the, probably the same person. But since I can't remember, cause I had to be like four, maybe mm -hmm. four going on five and I can't remember. So I can't really point the finger at somebody because to this day, I, I just, I can't remember exactly what happened. I just know it did happen. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, yeah, my mom said she went through the same thing. Her mom went through the same, like it, it's, and that's another thing that I try to look at things through a biblical eye mm -hmm. and, 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 and a spiritual sense. And it's our job to break generational curses. It's our job to break uh, cycles that we've been going through for generations. Um, and, and that's one of my purposes as I pray for people, as I uh, minister to people, is to, to break these chains and generational stuff that we all have been going through for forever. So, yeah, that, mm -hmm. that's... <laughs> Sorry, I got a little deep on you. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I'm good now. <laughs> Praise God. Praise yeah, God. Yeah. He has brought you through. Yeah. Um, how do you raise above how do you rise above the labels that people may try to place on you? Uh, I'm a man of action. I could show you better than I could tell you. So you know, I don't have to say anything, just watch. Watch. And if you watch long enough, you will know that I'm about my business and I'm about God's business. And you can say what you want, but just observe Johnny, Dr. Vega in action. And you're going to you're going to you're going to know that I don't play. I'm the real deal. And I'm I'm truly passionate about what I do. And like you said, God's taken me and delivered me from so much stuff that 
I'm in debt. I'm in debt to God. And until the day I stop breathing, I'm going to do everything in my power to make a difference in the world and to shift atmospheres and, and change destinies. That's right, because it's not what people say about you. Mm -mm. God got you. God got me. So say what you want. So yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay, so I mean, this boy, this right here is like I'm having a good one today. <laughs> and, and, and 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 I thank God for you because you have such a great energy. I mean, your smile alone lights up a room. So thank yeah, you. just and 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 I'm 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 one that uh, I got the spirit of discernment and 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 God wants you to keep on keeping on you have a he has a special and great plan for your life and all you have to do is keep your eyes on the prize it says it says in the word to put the blinders on you know how horses have the blinders yeah. those, those blinders are so that you don't get distracted right by what's to the left of you or to the right of you so god's telling me to tell you right now to keep those blinders on because your destiny is in front of you and not to worry about your past or any bad choices that you made in the past because your destiny is greater than your past and you are going to do amazing things not only on your show but in the world your your atmosphere atmosphere shifter and a difference maker so keep on doing what you're doing because you're on the right track oh thank you thank you thank you god bless you thank you're you welcome um so redemption and second chances mm. speak to our listeners and give someone out there a message to uplift those finding it hard to forgive themselves it says joy comes in the morning so every day is a new day to move forward and to 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 god is a forgiving god not only does he forgive but he forgets so once you ask god for forgiveness the slate is clean yes the slate is clean is is the, there's no reason to dwell on the past it's no reason to fall into depression or anxiety because of something you did yesterday. That was yesterday. Let it go. But then God says, also, don't worry about tomorrow. So there's there's a fine line. So forget about yesterday, but don't worry about tomorrow. Today is the day. Today is the day from the moment you wake up to find out, okay, what does God have in store for me today? What does God have for me to do to bring him glory? Because that's the, that's the main objective, to bring God glory. And then I said at the beginning of the uh, uh, I said at the beginning of the uh, interview, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of, of our testimony. So testify, tell, yeah. people, tell people what you've been through and what God has delivered you from. Why? Yeah. Because just like you said, if one person. If one person gets something about out of your testimony, then your job is done. Yes. But we. We know. It's going to be more than one person. Yeah. We're going to touch nations. We're going to touch multi, uh, the multitudes. And, and just by this, the power, the power, life and death in the tongue. Keep on speaking life. And if nobody's speaking life to you, look yourself in the mirror mm -hmm. and, speak, and speak life into yourself. There you go. There you go. Look, yep. Look, look yourself in the eye and tell, my, tell yourself you're great. You're amazing. You're going to complete every task and goal and dream that you set out tell it to yourself speak life into yourself if nobody else is if <coughs> try not to get choked up if nobody else is going to do it speak life into yourself 
That's yeah. right. That's right. Because so often what we need to realize is, you know, we're not out there. We're out there to impact the world. But if we could just change one person, just one person, just one person, all it takes right. is one person at a time. Right. And we need to remember not everybody is for every, not everyone is for everybody. You know, right. what, the person that may hear me may not hear you. The person that hear you may not hear me, but right. that's why God has put us all in these different positions to impact the world. Right. And, and, and right now, Johnny, I mean, having this conversation with you, I'm like, I learned a lot about my brother today that I did. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it's like, it's like it, it just puts you on a different level because I'm like, he's been through some things and I can use those things that he's been through because right. I can be talking to somebody and they come out with a story similar to yours. And I said, well, you know what? I got this brother. I got this friend that's gone through the same thing that you've gone through. Let me hook you up with him. And, you know? Right. You talk to him, he he can help you. I may not be the one, but I know somebody who does. Or Amen. Who just let me know. And, and that's what I'm just, I'm just so, this is just so good. Amen. Um, and I just want to say, I applaud you for the work that you have done to rehabilitate yourself and pass the knowledge on to others. But how can someone get over the blame and shame concerning the mistakes that they have made in the past? Yeah, just like I said, um, ask God for forgiveness. No, no, knowing your heart and soul that God is a forgiving God, and not only does He forgive, but He forgets, and move on. Life is about progress. Uh, yeah. I, I remember there was a saying that um, I don't hustle backwards. So, if you're taking one step forward, but then getting depressed and, and worrying about what you did, and you're taking three steps back, you're never going to get anywhere in life. No. So, so stop taking those steps back and stay moving forward. And sometimes it's not stepping back, but sometimes God says, be still and know that I'm God. Yes. So yes. sometimes in life, it's not about progress or moving forward, but just being still. Just being still and, and praying and meditating and, and, and reevaluating re your life and observing where you're at in life and just really looking inside yourself for a second. Can't hear you. Did okay. I, uh, did you lose me? Yeah, you're back. Somebody tried to call me. I'm getting all this. All right. Am I back? You're back. Okay. Can you hear me? Uh huh. I can hear. I, you're fine. You're good. I don't hear you. You're. I think you're on mute. I can't hear you. You're in the show. Everyone can hear you. See and hear you. I lost the sound on your end. Okay. We'll just finish up with uh, what you were saying. Bless you both. Finish up what, with what you were saying. Okay, you want me to? I'm reading your lips. <laughs> so, um, how can you move on? Like I said, sometimes in life, it's not about moving backwards or moving forwards, but being still and knowing that God is God. And 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 the pandemic is a perfect example of that. God put the whole world on timeout. Why? Because he wanted us to be still and know how powerful God is. So in, in life, it's the same thing. Just keep on moving forward. And every once in a while, be still and know that God is God. And then once you're, uh, do, once you're done with that conversation with God and feel better about things, continue to move forward. Mm, mm, that's so good. That is so good. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the show. 
I'm wrapping up. I can't hear you. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the show, but I'm going to go back to the, the um, comment I made earlier about a mortgage is a debt, but once the debt is paid, you receive a deed. You do not become an ex-mortgager. You become a homeowner. So as humans, it's hard for us to unhear things as God, as good as we try to, but we still judge. And it's not right that we judge individuals by their past. So now do you understand why I made the comments that I made about Dr. Johnny Vega? The man has been through a lot. He has shown us a lot. He has talked to us a lot. So again, what he's been through in the past should not be carrying over into his future. So again, I thank him for his participation today and being so transparent with us today. Love you, brother. I thank everybody. Thank you. I can't hear you, but thank you so much. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I thank everybody for the thank show. And I will see you next week. And Dr. Johnny, do you have anything else you would like to share before we end? Private chat. Can you hear me? Mm -hmm. I can't hear you. Look at the private chat. Anything else do you want to say? Do I want to say anything? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. I love you. God bless you. And like I told you, uh, uh, keep on moving forward. You're a shift maker, uh, atmosphere sh uh, changer. You're an amazing woman. And just if you need me, I'm only a phone call away. And for all the viewers out there, if you need me, I'm on uh, Dr. Johnny Vega on Facebook, uh, Dr. Johnny Vega on Instagram. I'm extremely easy to find and um, feel free to reach out if you need advice, prayer or mentorship for the youth. Uh, thank you for having me, uh, Dr. Sonia. I, I love you. God bless you and keep on all the keep on doing all the great things that you're doing. Thank you. And thank you to everyone that's watching. I'll see you in a second.